Okay. Back so, like four flats on a Cadillac. Four flats on a Cadillac. Okay. Uh, and this is. Is that your action? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> action, everybody. And go. <laughs> Woo! Good morning. Oh, wait. I don't, when are we releasing this? I don't know. Afternoon? No. It's not going to be ready. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not today, of course. Oh, okay. Because I said good morning. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to keep all this in there. Hey, everybody. You guys know this is (laughs) pre-recorded. Welcome back to Blood Sisters Season 3. Season 3. Which nobody told me until right now. I I, I just made it up as I went. I figured that it would be Season 3. Sounds good to me. So we are back for Season 3. The show's going to look a little different. But we're still dedicated to creeping y'all the hell out and having fun while we're doing it. Literally, it looks different. You can actually see us. I know, right? Which is really cool. And Christina decided to do this on the day that I have to go train, so I don't... Train? I'm going to the gym. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I told you to go to the gym, girl. You said so I look, we I could look do rough. it before, before, go, before go to the gym. Yeah, that's so, so, I'm, so I you're not time get, up yet. I didn't get sexy. So the people sexy. Oh my God, thank you. That's why we get married. Screw Bob. Ah! All right. Um. So, <laughs> girl, what you been up to since season two? Me? Yeah, what you been oh doing? Oh my God, who knows? <laughs> Time just like goes by and I don't even know what I did the day before. People will be like, what did you do this weekend? And I'm like, exist. Lived, lived my life outside of this. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Living the dream, which is I don't know. Everyone says living the dream. So I'm, I'm in hell. So I'm not going to say I'm living the dream, but I have been pimping lately. So that's always Ooh. fun. Yeah. Big pimping. <laughs> Big pimping. No small pimping over here. Okay, good. That's good. (laughs) So today, y'all, we are going to be talking about Wisconsin urban legends. That's right. That's right. We, as you probably know, reside in Wisconsin. So we thought we would start with our hometown. If you've listened to our previous (laughs) seasons, you know, we usually do serial killer type things. But we thought we might switch it up a little bit, branch out and do a few different things, see how you like it. See if there's anything else that's different that you want to hear from us. And we want to be more interactive. We want to hear what you want to hear from us and go from there. Absolutely. So now is the perfect time to drop some of the urban legends you've heard in Wisconsin or even if your family operates in superstition. So my family, we are really big on superstition. Um, I know one of the ones that everyone always looks at me weird for. If you are combing your hair outside, you cannot throw it on the ground. If a bird picks it up and uses it to make a nest, you will go bald. Your hair? Yes. So oh. combing your hair outside and like throwing it out on the ground. I thought you were Mm-mm. talking about like throwing the comb on the ground. <laughs> the, the bird no. picks up the comb. I'm like, that seems like a, a very, very bird. strange course of events. No, but. the hair. And if they use it to make a nest, you will go bald. Like that's one oh, that still damn. terrifies me to this day. But I mean, I can throw my weave on the ground like the bird can't really. Going bald would be pretty scary. Yeah. Probably. All right, so we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna hop right into the urban legends that we found here in Wisconsin. Um, I'll go first if that's okay with you, Christina. Go for it. She beats me behind the scenes, so I don't want to make her mad. Um, so <laughs> so my first one is gonna be a little shorter. Um, the other ones are a little long, but this one I just wanted to throw in there because I thought it was really cool. So this one is a perfect example of a woman minding her business and people just poking the bear. Kind of like, don't start none, won't be none, I guess. 
And Ooh. it's the Bloody Headstone uh, in Riverside Cemetery in Appleton, Wisconsin. Now, there's a woman, uh, Kate Blood, a.k.a. Kitty Blood. And Kitty Cat was born in 1851. She passed in 1874. She was an alleged witch, hot girl, and a child killer. So her grave is ducked off far away. And people have to go out of their way to actually find her grave. Now, when they have been there, they, there's reports of uh, seeing apparitions and being pushed so it is reported or suspected that Kate is still haunting her grave site. So it just boggles me how many reports are out there saying like, well, yeah, when you go there, she's aggressive. She's hostile. But it's like, but you're going out of your way. Her grave site is ducked off. Leave her alone. She's literally resting. Minding chilling. her business. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's also the area around her grave site is really, really warm. So people think that's due to her presence being there. And on the night of a full moon, blood can be seen coming out of her headstone. What I found interesting, uh, her husband was alive from like 1846 to 1960. Kate died when she was 23. Just a baby. I know. And I was like, what happened there? So if anybody know any more on uh, the bloody headstone... Appleton. So any more information? I just thought that was a cool one to share. Um, so it's a little shorter. The warmth is interesting because I would always associate cold air with there being a presence. Right. So what is she trying to say? Mm-hmm. She in hell. Is that what's happening? She in hell. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? Good for her. I know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and do one. I'll start off with my big one. Um, it's one of the more popular urban legends. When you think of urban legends in Wisconsin, it's probably one of the first things that a lot of people think of. This is the Beast of Bray Road. Um, so there have been quite a few movies on the Beast of Bray Road as well. There's been a, a documentary, which is actually kind of interesting, came out in 2018, which I watched and got a lot of my info from there. Um, there's also like, don't get that confused with this 2005 movie that has like a 27% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not talking about that one. Have not seen it. It it looks to be very low quality. But oh. um, anyway, shots fired. We're, we're talking about we're talking about the the 2018 documentary here. So anyway, um, the Beast of Bray Road can also be known as the Bray Road Beast or the Wisconsin Werewolf. Right? It's like. They just had to switch the two words around to make it cool. Uh, I say it this way. I don't know. So just a little information about the area and background. The beast is said to be an elk horn. Elk horn is in Walworth County and is only about eight square miles of land. So it's teeny tiny. Mm -hmm. It is near Lake Geneva and Delavan Lake. So it's pretty popular in the summer months and can be seen as a little bit of a vacation destination. Okay. For anyone that knows their geography, um not me we don't right I'm like <laughs> yeah i went to mps so i didn't know a whole lot of geography growing up until recently but we don't have oceans in wisconsin we have lakes mm -hmm. so in the summer we're hanging out by the lake <laughs> anyway um one of the big characters in this movie, her name is Linda Godfrey. She's a real person. She's a local reporter who was tasked with investigating these strange happenings and sightings. This happened in December of 1991. Um, while she was skeptical at first to cover the story, she quickly started doing some research and became convinced that the beast may actually be real. Mm. Uh, she then wrote a book called The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. 
She plays a huge part in this movie, speaking on all the knowledge that she's accumulated over the years. Another character in this movie, um, another guy, his name is Jay Bakakin. I'm going to butcher his name, sorry. He's a paranormal investigator in the movie. He states that Wisconsin is one of the hottest states for paranormal activity and that it may be due to the Native American history in the state. Um, Linda then goes on to say that Bray Road was a Native American trail at one point. So it's all connected. Um, Basically, the Bray Road Beast is a huge, hairy, human-like creature that has been sighted on numerous occasions in Elkhorn. More specifically, you guessed it, um, uh, on Bray Road. (laughs) Which is... It's a, a typical, you know, you look at it, you think of it as a typical like Midwest road. It's surrounded by farmland and trees, stretches on for about four miles. And the very first sighting happened in 1936. And the most recent reported one, I believe, has happened um, in the 90s. Mm. So very long stretch of time there. Many of the sightings describe the creature in the same way. The beast was spotted along the road and had a head of a wolf or a German shepherd, was seven or eight feet tall, had humanoid hands with claws, and ran on his hind legs, which were bent backwards like a dog. Oh, hell no. Right. (laughs) Right. In one particular story, a mother was walking along the road with her child and they saw a deer run across the road, right? Oh, cute, a deer. But soon after, it was followed by that beast chasing after it, running on its hind legs. Oh. He was hunting. Did he get it? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So, another one. On Halloween of 1991, uh, Doris Gibson would have the first publicly reported sighting of the creature. Mm. She was driving along Bray Road and thought that she had hit a small animal. So she got out to look. This is how all horror movies start. Think you hit mm-hmm. something, you get out to look. You think you hit something, it's a desolate road, just go home. That's why they always <laughs> say black people be the worst in horror films because we don't <laughs> investigate, we just keep going. Like, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> <laughs> they got hit something. Home. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should make like our own horror movie. Just how smart people would handle these situations, yes. and just be like, "Oh hell no!" and go home, and that's the, the end. end. Flashes <laughs> on the screen, <laughs> <laughs> and she lived happily ever after. Safe. Exactly. <laughs> so she got out to uh, see what she might have hit. Mm. She saw the beast standing behind her car a few feet back when she got out. Um, The beast then started actually running for her and she made it back to the car in time without a scratch. Oh, luckily. However, the car did Mm. not go unscratched. Okay. Mm. The car had actually had some huge claw marks on the back where the beast tried to hold on. Oh, is it sick that I kind of wanted it to end with like her getting some claw marks (laughs) so she could like show it? Right. Because then, you know, she could go on camera and be like, is from the beast and she's got like yeah. these badass scars on her arm oh. and she could just be like mm. i survived a beast <laughs> i survived the bray road beast mm. Mm. i mean that'd be pretty cool but you know i guess i guess the car got the brunt of it yeah. anywho shortly after that tom brickda is another guy who had a sighting tom was coming home from a wedding reception uh driving with two friends When they started to smell almost like a kind of a skunk smell, they then saw 
the beast standing on the side of the road with its hand outstretched and the beast actually scratched their car as they drove past. So I guess he likes to scratch things, mm. scratch cars. Maybe maybe he's just a big lovable guy and he just thinks that these cars are like toys. Right. He like just doesn't cat. know his own strength. He's just like mm, so misunderstood. Mm. Like it looks like fun. Uh, everyone poor just beast. runs away from the poor baby. Just goes to show you. Can't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another story. A young single <laughs> mom and bar manager, Lorian Andrizi, was driving home from work when she spotted something kneeling in the ditch. And it appeared to be eating something, uh, maybe some type of roadkill. Um, so this really affected her. She spent a lot of time at the library trying to figure out what it could have been. Um, and finally consulted with this guy named John Fredrickson, mm-hmm. who was the Walworth County Animal Control Officer at the time. They were in his office. And as they were discussing the sighting, some of the books on the shelf in his office actually started falling off. And they state that there was really no cause for them to fly off of the shelf like that. Mm-hmm. Weird shit happening. Mm-hmm. Weird shit in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So after Linda's story came out, um, she included an illustration that she had made. Um, after that story broke that she put in the paper, uh, there was a whole slew of people that came forward to say that they have also seen the creature. Those sightings can go on and on. I only have a couple more, or maybe just one more, actually. But this was the most interesting one that I had heard. This one was a man who states that his father, um, his father's name is Mark Shackleman, saw the beast back in 1936. So this is the very first sighting. Mark was a night watchman for the St. Coletta Institute, which is a Catholic institution for people with special needs. On the grounds was a slew of ancient burial mounds. Ancient burial mounds. Ancient burial mounds. Well, uh, Mark <laughs> spotted one of our beastie boys, um, beast-like boys, on top of one of the burial mounds during the night while he was on watch. It looked like the beast was actually trying to dig into the top of one of the mounds, like it was trying to get something out. The beast ran off. But Mark came back the next night to scope it out again and actually did um, see the beast again. He came back. As soon as the beast saw Mark, he stood up and actually made a sound. And it almost sounded like he was trying to talk. And the only thing that Mark could make out was that it kind of sounded like Gadara, like the word Gadara. Apparently, hmm. Linda had done some some research All right. And she said that in the New Testament, I don't know anything about testaments, so that means something cool. Apparently in the New Testament, Gadara is the place where a man filled with demons had the demons exercised from him. Ooh. So don't quote me on that exact thing. That's what it sounded like. I I don't know how to interpret biblical things, but I'm a heathen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know this stuff. (laughs) Someone help me out. But yeah, anything. Yeah. Bible related feels a little foreign to me. But this is important because one of the priests affiliated with St. Coletta apparently had recently exercised a demon from someone who lived there and Mm. the demon attached itself to him. So does that mean that the beast is a possessed person? Are they just trying to get exercised and, and like eat deer along the way best they can? Yeah, he's just asking for help. 
He's like, take me to Gadara. Right. <laughs> Exercise this demon out of Somebody. me. <laughs> he's me trying to, to Gadara. He's trying to get in someone's car. Right. Take me there. I'm tired of eating fucking deer. He just wants a ride. <sighs> you guys are so rude. You Poor think, beast. Do you think he would get in the car? Probably kill everybody in the car, though. <laughs> he's like, like, he possessed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he's trying to ask for help. I feel like it's like some type of internal battle. Like sometimes a human form will come, but then the beast will overtake it. And that's when the beast is like, no. And he's scratching, trying to scare the people. God dang it. We're just and trying to save yeah. you, buddy. That's deep. <sighs> Anywho. So, yeah. One last thing. John Fredrickson, the um, animal control guy, he did state that during his time in that position he was sent to that area many times to investigate slaughtered animals in the area um, witnesses also state that there were some devil worshiping and cults gathering in the area as well so is the bray road beast just a misunderstood <laughs> german shepherd or oh something more sinister <laughs> <laughs> nice and wait where was that again uh elkhorn elkhorn it's a fun name Elf. Okay, okay, okay. Well, for my second one, I decided to cheat a little bit. Ooh, uh-huh. tell. And I'm going to talk about a few different haunted hotels. Ooh, yeah. that's really cool. Oh, uh-huh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. Some of them are so close that I think we can do like a Blood Sisters on the Road and stay <gasps> some nights in some of these hotels. I almost belched with excitement. Can we go? <laughs> yes, I am all about it. Kind of like a Blood Sisters Investigates. <laughs> Oh, oh god a little spin off it's happening it's happening okay so the first one uh maribel k's hotel aka hotel hell in manitowoc county now this hotel one night a guest of the hotel murdered all the other guests in their sleep so of course it's haunted right the hotel has burned down three times now on the exact same day uh that the guests have died in their sleep which is where it got its nickname hotel hell people associate the fires with hell I associate Hotel Hell with the series oh, yeah. by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Shit, maybe that's where he got the inspiration from. I don't know. <laughs> he came to Wisconsin and said, Hotel Hell. That sounds excellent. I like this. <laughs> that guy is Satan himself. He's cute, though. But anyway, um, and there's also a rumor that if you look down the old well, which is now covered with flowers, you'll see a portal to hell. And if you look down long enough, it'll swallow you in. Now, there has been a reported ghostly image of a child on the second floor, and that child is to be believed to have died in the hotel. The remains of some of the bodies can still be found on a third floor, but due to the current state of the building, you can't access that floor. It was demolished in 2013, very recent, by a windstorm, and the owner is getting sick of y'all. He like, dude, you have got to stop coming out here. It is unsafe. <laughs> I'm tired of telling y'all that if you get hurt, it is not on me. But people have reported to this day still hearing screams in the basement. Damn. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is a lot closer. Iron Horse Hotel over Ooh, on Florida Street. Have you heard about that? right over here. Yes. And it's yes. really nice and fancy. Oh, we should go. We should. Do they have a bar? Yes, of course. Any bar, any hotel that I suggest we say it has a bar. Okay. So I should have known. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a drinker, guys. Um, so this is one of the best hotels that we have in the city of Milwaukee. I'll go out and say it's a hundred year. It was a 100 year old uh, warehouse that they turned into a modern hotel. A hotel engineer reported feeling a ghostly hand push him up against the wall on the sixth floor. And in the basement, the staff still obsess over a watermark that resembles a Native American woman. Now, depending on the weather, this watermark changes from a young girl to an old woman. 
In one of the known uh, hotel rooms on the second floor, guests have heard tapping on the window, footsteps crossing the room while they're sleeping. And now while we're still on hotels, hmm? let's talk about the Fister. Have you heard anything about the Fister? Fister? I hardly know her. <laughs> but <Ba-dum, bum. laughs> I like that. I set you up good for that one. You did. Um, I was really excited as soon as you said that. (laughs) This hotel was built in 1893 and it has a reputation of hosting pro athletes, celebrities and U.S. presidents. Many of the people have seen a man standing on the uh, stairwell looking down and they think it's Charles Fister himself overlooking the lobby from the beautiful staircase. You're right. dead. Go go to sleep. Don't right. quit going to work. Okay. Well, not that better not, not be me. That better not be me. Sends me to work. Um. So a man who stayed there reported hearing knocking at his door, but when he opened it, there was no one there. Now, he, when people would try to use their phone, there was static. Um, when the same guy, I should say, tried to use his phone, it was static. It was disconnected. He couldn't call for help. His toiletry bag was emptied in the bathroom, and his items were just thrown all over the floor. The clothing that he sat out the night before was thrown at him in the middle of the night and a figure pushed him down and laughed. <laughs> right. He laughed. This ghost is an ass. <laughs> now, the most hilarious story that oh, I no. uh, completely forgot about because I heard about it, but I completely forgot about it until I researched this hotel again. It's from May of 2019. Four Florida Maryland's, I think I'm saying that word right. I don't watch hockey. Uh, players got spooked so bad at the hotel Marlins? that they ended up eventually at Marlins, Maryland's, Mar- whatever, Marlins. Uh, they ended up staying, sharing the same hotel room. They all had their own separate rooms, but they got so scared that they all just hunkered down and stayed together for the night. Did they all stay in the same bed together and like cuddle and stuff? Oh, that's a nice image. I don't know, but we're going to go with that rumor. So okay. these Maryland players cuddled all night in one tiny bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, this story got picked up from different news outlets here, uh, and that opened the doors for other athletes to share their terrifying story. Milwaukee former Brewers player Carlos uh, Gomez reported hearing voices in his room. He had his iPod violently shaking and changing songs for no reason. And the TV was switching on and off. So Hotel Fister, I think, may have some type of activity going on there. Yeah. And at the very least, we can go and just get drunk. Yeah. And talk to y'all. Yeah. I've been there once. It's it's nice. It's swanky. Nice. I think I've gone in there like one time. I don't even know what I went in there for, but I was like, I can't afford this. Nope. I remember being like, oh, I can get a cookie. Right. <laughs> one of your cookie. finest cookies, please. <laughs> a tall glass of water from mm. the tap. <laughs> um, <laughs> lastly, Shakers oh. on Second Street and Walker's Point. Really Ooh. close to us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, this place started out as a place that made barrels for Schlitz Brewing. From the early 1900s to 1923, it served as a coal and oil distribution house. And then it became a speakeasy with a brothel known as Hotel Frisco. Mm. Frisco? Oh, you yeah. You can get frisky at Frisco. Yeah, you know, it was a brothel girl. And so when the prohibition ended in 1933, a horrible time to be alive, might I say. Prohibition. Oh, my gosh. I mean, outside of slavery, of course, but we, we would have had one of those bathtub bars. <laughs> yep, yep. Absolutely. We've been selling stuff and risking our freedom. Um, so it was turned into a tavern and it, sta- it has stayed that way since. Staff and customers have reported seeing the lights turning on and off by themselves, doors closing on their own and figures popping out and disappearing. On busy nights, it is also said that more social ghosts will sit at the table with people, I guess, just to kind of be nosy. 
um, like you'll see actual figures like shadows. And in the basement, they have their own ghost name, O'Connor, who is very fond of rail whiskey. Okay. <laughs> now, if I become a ghost, I'm getting the top shelf shit. I'm not drinking rail whiskey. Rail whiskey. That's his fave. Yeah. I mean, if it ain't well, broke, don't fix it. I mean, yeah, it's like, I feel like when you're, when you're a ghost, you're like frozen in time as like who you were mm. before. So maybe you can't evolve as a ghost. God, that was Maybe suck. you're just like, that's what I'm used to. That's what I like. I could never afford anything else. So in your mind, you're just like, the rail whiskey. Woo. Kind of like Sixth Sense thing when he didn't know he was dead. Until like yeah. someone pointed out and he looked down like, what? Right. I could have been drinking top shelf whiskey this whole time. And again, he was still going to work. <laughs> right? God, that's hell. Now, everyone from employees to delivery drivers, repairmen, they have darted up the basement stairs because of O'Connor. They've had employees leave the building and quit. And employees are now told to bring their phones with them when they enter the basement. Just in case you need to call for help. Yeah, Better have service down there. Right <laughs> now, there was an old walk in cooler that's no longer being used because it would shut and click when shut and click lock when the staff would enter. Uh, this bar has a typical reportings of figures moving on their own changes in temperature, a child ghost who likes to play tricks. When the bar opens up, often women will come out of the ladies room and ask, who's that little girl? Now, of course, the workers had to tell them we ain't got no children in here. Right. And she has been now given the name Elizabeth. And it's kind of sick, but they named a drink out of uh, after little Lizzie Lou. It's called the Elizabeth's Raspberry Martini. Oh, yeah. Did there, she a like child raspberries? Who died. I, I guess we're assuming so. Or they just made it red <laughs> to look like blood. Ooh, I like that theory Ooh. even better. Okay. It's kind of sad because it's a child. But anyway, so we have cuddling athletes and bloody martinis. Yes. We're just perpetuating rumors over here, folks. Oh, go check out these places in Nurse the city. Shit. And in the bathroom, little Lizzie Lou will knock on the stalls. She'll play with women's hair when they're sitting in the back room. And you can even see oh. her little boots running under the door. I know. Now it's with kids liking to play with hair. Right. I swear. It's so gross. Um, and <laughs> Hair, not kids. I mean, we're both. Uh, two okay. psychics who investigated who uh, investigated reported in the 1850s that the land was an orchard that little Lizzie fell from a tree in and she broke her neck and died. Yeah. There was an antique portrait of a baby that came along with the building and employees now believe that that baby is Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. Now, a quick honorable mention is Ambassador Hotel on Wisconsin Avenue. Oh. Yeah, it's right across oh. from the rave. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Now, you guys have driven by this hotel a million times. It's right in the center of Milwaukee, kind of, I would say. Um, and this hotel used to be popping back in the day. Famous people used to go there to party. And most famously, Jeffrey Dahmer. Went there to party. Yes. In uh in his his definition of party his definition of party this was where Dahmer killed his first Milwaukee victim in room 507 and carried the body out of that room in a suitcase right Mm -hmm. now of course people have reported wanting to stay in that room because they have heard strange things happening when Dahmer woke up he saw the body of Steven his victim hanging off the side of the bed guests have reported waking up and seeing their partners in similar positions like they go to sleep one way, then they wake up in this weird position on the side of the bed. Some people have even been woken up in the middle of the night and seen messages written in the mirrors. And in other rooms across this hotel, housekeeping has reported beds getting made and unmade. Mm. Yeah. So those are the hotels that we can pick to choose from. Stay yeah. at. Yeah. And we, we can just always go to Shakers just to have a drink. 
Yeah, and have a cigar. Yeah, oh god, yeah. The cigar bar, um, right? It's like Shaker's Cigar Bar or whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, we should. Um, I was gonna go not too long ago. Me and some of my family, we sat down. It was still summer, and like they didn't have air conditioning in there. They just had fans, and we're sitting in there sweating like. They have to keep it hot in there for O'Connor and Lizzie. This Lou. is rough. Yeah. 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 They got to keep it warm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was cool. But it, it's it's really, really cool inside. It's pretty. Mm. Um, and I think they do tours and shit, too. Mm. So get a tour. I had to take that time to be obnoxious. But the next one that I have for us is called the Witches of Whitewater. Mm. So the Witches of Whitewater starts with the Morris Pratt Institute. <laughs> Uh, this was a school of spiritualism that opened in 1889. So for anyone that doesn't know what spiritualism is, this was a huge phenomenon that became popular in the U.S. from the late 1800s to early 1900s. Essentially, spiritualism was talking with the dead. Ooh, okay. Lots of things can happen when we talk with the dead. So why I don't mess with Ouija boards. Anyway. Me either, surprisingly. People yeah. think I would be into that kind of thing, but hell no. Yeah, uh, that that seems to be a little. It's like I don't know, too easy, too mm-hmm. easy to get some bad shit happening to you. Uh, people would hold seances in their homes during this time to try and connect uh, with loved ones. Some hardcore spiritualists even connected with the dead because they believed it got them closer to God by communicating with someone that was on a higher plane than them. It got them closer to God. The Morris Pratt Institute focused on building the skill to train professional mediums, which was combined with a general education. So you could go, you could learn your uh, all your general stuff, and then you could learn to be a medium. Then you get a well-rounded ed- education. Sounds amazing. Right? Let's go. They even conducted <laughs> weekly public seances where anyone could come and witness it live. Um, attendees were often amazed at how much the mediums knew. Of course, the nature of the school did not sit well with many of the residents of the area when a well-known spiritualist by the name of Mrs. A.H. Luther came to do a dedication to the building. She gave a speech which said that spiritualism was a better practice than mainstream religion. This was covered in a local paper and only contributed to the school getting an even worse reputation than they already had. So the school eventually did close in 1940 and was then sold to the state teachers college who used it as a girl's dormitory. This is like another horror movie waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The school, the Morse Pratt Institute actually later moved to Milwaukee where it still is today (laughs) and is known as MPI where I went onto the website, this is real, you can pursue a career to be a commissioned healer, a certified medium, a, a licensed, I don't know. I, again, I don't know how to read anymore. I forgot. MPS. Um, minister, MPS, an ordained minister, or a national spiritualist, spiritualist teacher. Many different. Why am I just now hearing about this? I don't know. We should have gone there. Okay. Goddamn Alverno. Right? (laughs) Shout out Alverno. God damn it. Getting a real (laughs) education. I could have gone to MPI. Okay. Doing such fun things. Ooh, she said real education. Don't you offend any of our MPI listeners. 
guys, that's a real education as well. A quote unquote real education. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, what's seen by mainstream people as a real education? Judgy Luli over here. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How dare we? Like, you know, you know, that's a different conversation for another day. We can get into education um, another time. I'm going to send Christina down a little tangent we can, now. <laughs> we can save that for the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, when we get our Patreon, we will let you know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anywho. Uh, the Whitewater Historical Society claims that once the school moved, the rumors about the witches that operated out of the Morris Pratt Institute moved to a nearby water tower and cemetery. Mm. It was a really interesting article. They said something about how if a, a building moves or gets torn down the rumors about whatever happened in that building usually moves to like the next closest site oh the next closest area mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. seems like the rumors moved to a nearby water tower and cemetery so today the water tower is said to be where many of the witches conducted ceremonies at Starin park i guess they would gather around the water tower and do witch witchy shit i don't know if you were to visit the tower today it appears that there's a fence around the structure which has spikes designed to keep someone from coming out mm. rather than going in so, mm. fun twist i like that i know i built that um, in my basement and right down let's there. go <laughs> you actually have them i'm like oh shit she you wasn't come joking in, but you can't come out <laughs> oh well, that sounded dirty <laughs> can't come out damn this leads people to believe that something is stuck in the tower, mm-hmm. unable to get out naturally. Another interesting fact about this area is that there are three cemeteries, Cavalry, Oak Grove, and Hillside. And if you connect all of the cemeteries on a map, they make a perfect isosceles triangle. And everything along the edges is said to be haunted as well. Okay, isosceles, I see you. Education? Because period. I love math. Oh, I hate but it. But like geography and like pr- pronouncing stuff, forget about it. <laughs> I can't math for shit. <laughs> math, math is fun. And physics. Keep going. Okay. Can't agree. <laughs> together, <laughs> together we are a well-rounded person. <laughs> um, so all of these happenings has led Whitewater to be known as a second Salem. Mm, maybe nice. maybe when we get like a million dollars through the patreon we can go to the real salem if you would like <laughs> to sponsor blood sisters go into the real salem and donate a million dollars sponsor two poor milwaukee wisconsin ladies poor. to go to salem can we have some more sir please sir <laughs> want some more perfect so lastly for my last mm. one I have the Kenosha Kemper Center. What? I know, Ooh. right? It sounds interesting. It, okay. it is. I'm and ready. this is a mansion in Kenosha known for its hauntings. Another place we can visit that I actually do want to visit. It's close enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you like you had something to add. No, like, I was I just staring at your coffee. Oh, <laughs> I got you your own. No, I know. I just don't want to be obnoxious and drink it. I have been. So if you oh, guys are slurping. Oh, shit. That's me. I don't care. I didn't even know It's this. early. I'm slurping my coffee. It is. It's um, 927 right now. Yeah. Gosh. All right. And on a weekend, and I wake up every day at five to go, like, to get ready for my weekday. So I'm tired. Cuckoo. 
It is cuckoo. Stupid working out. Um, Now, in January 1900, a nun was working at Kemper Hall, which is now the, and I don't know how to say this, Apostle? Yeah, is that it? (laughs) I don't know church stuff, How's it spelled? E-P-I-S-C-O-P-A-L. I've heard the word. Episcopal. (laughs) See? (laughs) Same thing as me. Okay, so. Episcopal. She was at the Episcopal boarding school for girls on the lakefront. <laughs> hey, we never claimed to be intelligent, guys. Um, so this nun was working at that religious. school. Okay. On the lakefront. And in the mansion, but it was once a mansion that was a private owned home for a senator. It was converted to this school in 1865. I've read that the architecture in this building is insane. So if you are in the Kenosha area, I highly suggest checking this place out. I've seen some of the pictures and it does look really dope. Now, the legend goes that the sister came to work in uh, to work at the school in 1899. And shortly after getting there, her mind just snapped. The other sisters thought that the madness started taking a hold of her mind. And soon after, she threw herself from the rocks outside of Kemper down into the lake below Lake Michigan. She was reported missing for days until later when her body washed up in the sand and was discovered by two children. A sister and a brother found her body. Oh, that's not traumatizing at all. Right. So the sister's body was quickly buried and the school wanted to put all these rumors to rest. And they just kind of like went silent on the whole thing. Since then, sightings of mysterious figures clothed in blackness and Kemper Hall have been reported, as well as figures appearing in the hallways and disappearing. People have also reported feeling watched, seeing dark shadows on the walls and hearing footsteps in the hall running behind them. But when they turn around, there's no one there. Sadly, this nun uh, was not the only nun to lose her life on Kemper grounds. Another nun fell down the spiraling observatory staircase. Um, And also, I'll mention a teenager also jumped from the roof. Now, with the nun who fail and put that in air quotes apparently this nun would inflict corporal punishment and torture the girls for minor things so one day a group of girls got together and was like yo we had enough we taking none out yeah right so they lined up along the spiral stair staircase one girl at the top one at the first bend another at the second and this just went on and on until they got to the end of the stairs when the nun came out of the observatory, the first girl pushed her down the stairs immediately before she could even realize what the hell was going on. And then when and the bend came in the stairs, right when she was getting ready to slow down, the next girl would just kick her until she kept <laughs> going. Yeah. Like these little assholes literally would just keep kicking the nun whenever she reached the bend and would start slowing down. And they kicked her all the way until she reached the bottom where she was broken and dead at this point. <laughs> I'm happy that got a laugh That's out of Christina. Done. <laughs> now her they ghost is reported out. to still roam the halls looking for her murderers because she wants revenge. Of course she does. She's e- evil. But yeah, yeah, she was evil. She seemed evil. Yeah. Um. Now, now it also could be that those girls were just little fast tail assholes who didn't like it's true. <laughs> the structure and punishment. The building is no, no longer a school, but it is a historic site. For like art events, weddings, and haunted tours. Now, my own personal little story. Yesterday, mm. I went to the oh. bar. Mm-hmm. I had my laptop mm. out, one of my favorite little pubs. And I'm just working and doing my thing. And this guy, a bartender, new bartender at my favorite joint, Roger, shout out Roger. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, Roger. He's like, what you looking at? What you working on? And I was like, Kemper and them. And so he was like, what? <laughs> I did a photo shoot there. I was like, no way. Can you show me pictures? Dude, this building looks so dope. And all of his photos are like that kind of like dark, 
goth type of shit that I'm really into. <gasps> so I found a new photographer. I just ate my mic. Right. Oh, yes. Um, and he sent me the picture. So we're going to see if we can kind of add those in to some clips maybe on the YouTube. Uh, the pictures are really, really dope. So I asked, I'm like, oh, my God, when you were there, did you see anything? And I'm all excited. And he was like, no. I was oh. like, well, this lead up sucked. He said, <laughs> but he's like, thanks but I got for some nothing, really- Roger. Right. Stupid Roger. Go home, Roger. Um, <laughs> Shout out sister sister. But he <laughs> he said he got some really dope photos from it. And I'm going to do a photo shoot with him there pretty soon, hopefully. Like, it's a real, I've been wanting to do this kind of style of photo shoot for a while. And it's a dope place. So is it going to yeah. be boudoir? No, uh, I'm not going to do no sexy shit there. I want to do kind of more blood and gore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's the same. Um, and yeah. <laughs> in 1996, fiction writer David Schmickel. He took a photo of the mansion, and when he developed them, he found an unnatural shape in the window he believes to have captured a ghost looking out. Now, lastly, if you're in the area, this place also operates as a haunted house yearly, um, or not yearly. Yeah, yearly. Yeah, yeah, yearly. And so the entire month of October on Saturday, you can go to the haunted house. It's only like 5 to $10. The theme this year is Sector 13, where humanity must fight for survival after a wave of nuclear radiation hits the world. <laughs> so Kemper in Kenosha, I almost said Racine. I get those two mixed up. They're like the same place to me. Uh, no offense, but Kemper in Kenosha. Somewhere. If you want to go to a dope ha- um, Halloween hope haunted house type of deal every saturday they operate look them up it's saturday today it is saturday oh my god but not when we drop the video so when we drop the video make sure you go next saturday because that's the last october (laughs) last saturday in october and that's all i got that's right it's october it's the end of october anyway it is hey i have my last one for you so this one is mary of elk lake dam okay oh damn this is how, right? Mary of Elk, like, damn! On February 15th of 1974, Mary Schlace was hiking from Minneapolis to Chicago to attend an art show. Mary was 25, and she was an art student in Minnesota, or she had recently graduated. Some different stories that I read said different things. Mm. Um, she left around 10.30 in the morning, and she actually got murdered her body was found only three hours later after she left near elk lake in dunn county which is over near chippewa falls now minneapolis is only about one hour and 20 minutes away from dunn county i google mapped it so it's hard shout out to google. tell <laughs> shout out google it's hard to tell what happened in the other hour and a half that might have transpired mm. during that time but only three hours later, she was found dead. Damn. All things considered, she was found very quickly because a neighbor in the area saw the murderer dumping something out of their car onto the side of the road. Mm. Of course, that looks suspicious. You know, the neighbor gave a description of the suspect and stated that they were driving an orange or a gold car. Unfortunately, no license plate was seen, so the witness was unable to provide that. They still haven't found the actual murderer. Mm-hmm. When police arrived, they found the body of Mary in a ditch near the lake, about half a mile away from the bridge, and she had been stabbed over 12 times. Yeah. There was really no other evidence besides a letter that arrived at a local crime lab eight months later that simply stated, 
Did you ever think man that found murdered girl at Elk Lake also put her there? I love how you just read that. <laughs> it, the way it's worded, I feel like they would probably talk like that. There were no other leads and the case went cold and it's still a cold case today. Mm. Since the murder, there have been quite a few sightings of a woman near the bridge at Elk Lake. So some of the most interesting sightings. Number one, two men were sitting by the dam together. I think they were fishing. And one friend turned around. He saw a vision of Mary, who then said to his friend, there is a glowing white woman behind us. And his friend said, I know, but I'm not turning around. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I feel like that would be like you and me. I'd be like, Mm -mm. lady over there. You'd be like, nope. Don't don't look. There isn't. (laughs) I don't see shit. (laughs) Uh, uh, another one is someone was actually standing on the bridge and while they were standing there they had a vision of someone throwing a bag into the water mm. maybe they went to the Morris Pratt Institute I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> um, three let's see many sightings of a disappearing hitchhiker along the bridge so they think they see a hitchhiker and then they disappear, disappear. when they get closer yep kind of like a mirage All right. The most interesting one that I found was um, a lady by the name of Virginia Hendricks. Mm -hmm. She is a resident who lived near the dam and claimed that Mary would visit her on a regular basis in the fall of 1994. She described Mary as wearing a pink Angora sweater and white capri pants. Okay, fashion. Right. Angora. Um, I don't know what that even means. I don't know what Angora is. I'm not <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, Angora, that sounds great. Right. Uh, they think that Mary may have been an apparition because she seemed to show up at the same time every day in the morning and afternoon. Mary would actually walk through Virginia's garden and tap on her window. And Virginia would come out and actually bring food out to her. Um, Mary always wore the same clothes, always showed up at the same time each day. And it seems that nobody but Virginia could see her. Mm. And Virginia actually passed away soon after that in February of 1995. So, R.I.P.V. Right. Side note. The Dunn County Sheriff had stated that Mary was not wearing a pink sweater and white capri pants when she died. So, I leave you with this question. Do you think that the dead can change clothes? Ooh. Huh. I would hope so because like, I usually try my best when I leave the house to look good because it's like I would hate to be buried and st- I mean not buried but stuck in this outfit for eternity so I try to look good but if we can change clothes game changer right I mean apparently some ghosts can't change their taste in alcohol so oh I, shit true like do you think that that means that they can't change anything about themselves like they're just frozen in time as the person that they were huh that's a good question. I'm starting to think that you can change your clothes because like, let's say right. Mary died in like, I don't know, a burlap sap or something. Then right. she went and found an Angora sweater. Like, Right. <laughs> she was moving up somehow. All right, Mary. God, do you guys think that ghosts can change their clothing? I've always thought like once you die, like that's just it. Like you're stuck in that outfit. Right. And I, I you know, there's like memes and shit everywhere that's like whenever i leave the house i try to make sure to look good so that i get you know if this ends up being my ghost outfit then i always look good or, yeah you know, that's a shit that's my philosophy but it's like 
Except for today. I just feel like, I just feel like we've come such a long way with technology. I feel like ghosts would probably be able to change. Yeah. And I mean, if they can, you know, get angry enough or think hard enough, I don't know how it works and actually physically touch. (laughs) Think hard enough. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like I'm going to touch you. You're going to feel it. If they can actually physically touch like the living, why can't they touch themselves and like change? They can probably be around. They can change the air temperature, how Mm -hmm. to cold. You know, I'd just be a naked ghost. You you would. I'm not putting clothes on. You'd be on. naked at the bar. Okay. <laughs> Spread eagle. Like, hey, guys. Natasha here. Nobody? Anybody interested? No? Anyone want to see a trick? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I'm so inappropriate. <laughs> Whatever. It's so weird. We are inappropriate. Yeah, it's who we are. This was fun. <laughs> I like this. So this was a different change from us doing yeah. our typical like serial killer show, and I yeah. actually liked it. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So if there's anything else you guys want to hear outside of us talk, I mean, because we're still gonna stay true to our serial killer topics. Yeah. But if there's anything else you guys want us to cover, that's more fun and yeah, lighthearted light? shit. Yeah. Um, we're happy to do more stuff on our Patreon. Also, when we get that created, we will let you know. Patreon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Christina's mm-hmm. gonna show you guys a trick. We're we're trying to a trick. You said you want to see a trick on Patreon, not here, not for free. Oh, you got to pay for that. I was getting ready. <laughs> yeah, not like, yet. Do I have a deck of cards around me? Right. Like, <laughs> pick a card, any card. She'll do that on the Patreon, guys. It'll be the wrong card, right? Forever. <laughs> I'll just be my ghost is gonna walk around doing bad magic tricks. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds nice. Like pick a card, any card. Okay. Like, did you have the king of clubs no dude we'd make an amazing ghost duo me naked you doing magic tricks <laughs> dude whoa we get you'd, all the fans you'd attract all the people in saying want to see a trick and then <laughs> i'd come in and be like hi everybody take a card right. <laughs> and then i go back to the bar and just get drunk and they're like wait we came here to see boobies <laughs> tasha's over like, there oh start sorry i'm actually stuck in these ghost clothes i haven't <laughs> seen my boobies for hundreds of years <laughs> all right guys well we get super weird uh <laughs> that was too late probably huh yeah yeah that's all right that's what if you guys they made it for. this far then right they're a real one all right guys this is episode <laughs> one season three blood Ooh. sisters we are back back in action back and blacker than ever well one of us <laughs> all right chicken heads stay weird <laughs> bye Bye.